The following podcast contains subject matter that may be unsuitable for more sensible viewers. Views expressed here do not reflect that of any community that you would want to be a part of. Listener discretion is mandatory. Mama, what this trans me? No, 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 no! All right, come on. Let's get the let's get the ball rolling. Well, I'm still to hate my life. And welcome to this week's episode of Tranifesto, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Bad Representation. I didn't love it. And no, no, it was, yeah, we didn't it love it this bad. week. No, it is. I mean, look, this is the this is the thesis we were trying to work with, and honestly. I after this movie I have to not only rethink this podcast I think I have to rethink my whole life I don't want to transition anymore uh, that's for sure I uh, <laughs> I no longer uh, want to have to watch queer cinema guys we're trashing this mm-hmm. this whole project was a mistake this movie killed the podcast <laughs> yeah no it's uh it's uh I just fucking lost it so yeah uh, before we get into it because oh lord oh lord we will get into this yes um I just a quick introductions um so just uh, uh, I'm Madeline Hops. Uh, I'm joined today by. I'm Amelia Blair, and I'm a little rough this time around because I've been drinking and chain smoking since I watched this fucking movie. I'm Reed Carter, and there's not enough alcohol in the world. And we are joined yep. by a special guest. Hi, I'm Lily Mikowski. I got everyone else in this podcast drunk by making them watch oh, this movie. Oh, you did. I didn't I even hate mean for you that so to happen. Much. <laughs> Oh Why did we I'm have so you sorry. On? We were so close to watching a good movie. I haven't been and then drunk in a while. Up. Oh fuck! I just yeah. I'm kind of sad. I'm not drunk for this. Yeah, I don't know how you get through this sober. I just fuck. Uh, yeah. Okay, we're not. We're getting. Ahead. I mean, I didn't. It's just that I watched the movie yesterday. Oh, that's fair. I watched the movie an hour ago. <laughs> how were you yesterday? Oh, not great. After this movie, like I said in the chat, I took a lot of CBD after watching <laughs> this. A lot. I'm like a therapy session. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I need. Yeah, I guess I should also maybe properly introduce myself. Yeah, please. Yeah, since I'm I'm not of the podcast You're just a friend proper. Of the pod. Hello, I'm Lily. Friend of the yeah. po- ally. Friend of the pod. pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, gold sponsor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I I am I am a comedy and podcast person. I have another music podcast called the Indians Podcast, and, and I do stand up and stuff. And uh, I don't know, tweet mostly badly. And I guess that was enough to like sneak me onto here. <laughs> You know what? It's better than what we yeah, got. Yeah, honestly, I mean, you're more qualified than any of us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, Amy's our, our professional e-thought Twitter person, and, you know. Right. You're outranking her, so that's the important thing. <laughs> uh, I have been cucked. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of cucking, let us get on to the movie. Uh, oh, dear. Rather, I, uh, yeah, this is the only segue mm. I could think of other than cutting, which, again... We'll get to. Oh, trigger, trigger, trigger warnings across this entire oh, project. Yeah. Like, yeah. don't, don't watch so, this film. Don't. No, so, yeah. that's another thing. Is you any... don't need to have seen this. We do not recommend you yeah. watch it. No, you really shouldn't. Yeah, no. To anybody no. listening at home, please, and we mean this in all sincerity, do not watch this film. It's, it's just skip over. It's on it. Netflix. So I recommend you delete Netflix. Yeah, if we could start <laughs> we a unsubscribe. crowdfunding to buy Netflix just to delete this film that would be great so yes uh the movie now that we got the trigger warning this is your last moment turn away uh go back to the john malkovich episode or something else or turn to indie heads literally anything else watch paint dry all right we good don't watch this movie it's a movie about a girl it's about a girl and the movie is called girl the 2018 film so uh which one of y'all like to give a kind of a brief synopsis on that film i could do it 
If you please right. do. Amy, you're taking the uh, you're taking so, the reins here. Go. Laura is a Belgian trans girl. Belgian, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. we said a little Belgian. Is a ballet dancer or trying to be a ballet dancer in a fancy dance academy. Um, as you do. She's like 16 years old and hasn't gotten well is over the course of the movie gets on to hormone replacement therapy sort of starts physically transitioning she's been on hormone blockers and essentially she is just coping with her dysphoria and with the fact that all the other girls at dance make her feel sad and that's it yeah that's it yeah i mean no no tell us what happens (laughs) (laughs) nothing happens there's no outcome no <laughs> they put this into the world. Didn't have to. Yes. Oh, Over the yeah, course of the no. movie. Content warnings. If Over you're the... not in a good emotional place and you're not ready to deal yes. with horrible shit, go back to a movie. better episode. Go back. Go watch Hedwig again because that was good. Yeah, my life is infinitely worse for watching this, this movie. movie it's... This movie is the second worst thing the Belgian nation has ever done. What's the first? <laughs> <laughs> What's the uh, colonization, right? <laughs> what they, they the, the worst thing they've ever done is what they did to the Congo. The second worst thing they've ever done this is this movie. movie. <laughs> oh, so over the course of the oh, movie, fuck. Laura is going through her consultation process for bottom surgery, um, and she's very excited about bottom surgery because she is very cripplingly dysphoric about her genitalia, um, and goes to extreme, I would argue, deranged lengths to (laughs) tuck with like duct tape or packing tape or whatever she's up to um, and causes like actual damage to her body. Like she gets an infection. Yeah. Yeah. She stops eating. She tucks in a way that causes her to have infections in a place that needs to have surgery. She keeps like messing with herself and like self-sabotaging her feet get fucked up because she like yeah didn't get into ballet until later and she has like man Mm -hmm. feet and and then what happens and then um she she is not allowed to get bottom surgery until further notice because she self-sabotages she fucked up her shit and so she has a breakdown and she (laughs) (laughs) can you even say it (laughs) I she feel like you're struggling to say she, it. She goes. <laughs> no one wants to. She she goes into uh, the kitchen. She she cuts off her dick with scissors. Okay, well we, there we go. Get, it's let's out just cut that right off. Let's scissors. just rip that off. Rip off the bandaid. Uh, yeah, no, that's uh, okay, I spent this entire movie. No, 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 no. Because she's other times in this thing, she literally rips off the bandaid. That's not even a fairer comparison <laughs> in this film because there are yeah. better comparisons to ripping off the bandaid. <laughs> I, I I watched this entire movie knowing that scene was going to come, and I just mm-hmm. like it's just like it's an impending doom. It's like yeah. I, this is how I imagine like the Aztecs felt when like the eclipse happened and like they were just sacrificing people, and they knew that entire time they're just like, all right, well we got to get through this, I guess. So uh, let's just I guess in their case they cut out hearts, and here we. Uh, it's like being off. on a train, and you know that there's no tracks in like a mile, yeah, and you can't yeah, get off no, the train. That's exactly it. Uh, I do have to ask the person who recommended this movie, our um, our esteemed uh, guest tonight, Lily. Uh, hey, Lily. Yep. How did we wrong you? 
What did we what do did, to uh, deserve this? Whatever it is, I'm sorry. If it's because is it, is it because of the tweets? Is it because Amy was like, you know, doing pretty good and you just decided that this is what you wanted to say? I was too thoughty. Yeah, too thoughty. Divine punishment. Uh, here's the thing. I reject that I am being blamed for a cis man's oh, bad yeah. filmmaking. God. Isn't that just yeah, the way? No, it is the way. <laughs> Holy fuck. Um, <sighs> I would also like one more point about the plot. Yes, is that that event that we just described is the ending. That's how it ends. She cuts off her dick. She goes to the hospital. They, they like fix her up, however they did. She gets her angry inch, and then she, <laughs> and then she just like leaves, and she's happy, sort of. Like that's it. That's how it ends. Yeah, I had to watch that ending twice because I thought I missed what? something. No, I that's couldn't it. watch the scene. Like I skipped through it, and I was not. I didn't understand what she actually did to herself. Like. Is the implication that she just wholesale like oh, no. cuts the she dick goes, off? Yeah, she at goes the root. into the fridge. Yeah. She grabs ice and she ices her junk for literally yeah, yeah. like what, fifteen seconds, and then she just. Well, you can't just stand there for like three minutes in a movie. You yeah, but they could have like done make some artistic Yeah, no, I was like, yeah, that's not long enough. Yeah, and then she basically just uh, snips, which again, without getting into too much detail as well, oh, God, the God. sound effect when the scissors come down is Ooh. going to haunt me for days. That scene was actually, is... like, I consider myself jaded and broken yeah. and damaged, and I can see anything without responding. I just... But that actually affected me really deeply. Yeah. It was really bad. I just, like... Oh, I could feel it was about to, and that's why I decided no, to skip No, you did the right it. thing. And, like, okay, so she just does one cut, and it's gone, because this was my question the entire time. Motion. She... Oh, jeez, why did that... <laughs> you have to say that? Okay. But still, kitchen scissors? Like, dull fucking no, kitchen scissors yeah. are going to cut through a dick? That, Does this director know, like, how resilient dicks are? That's not how that works. It's a lot of cartilage? I don't know. I, I don't know that much. I, I have some pretty heavy-duty scissors. Whatever the fuck for, it is. Like, the spongy stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like yeah, maybe, a, like, like sewing scissors, maybe? or Use a bread knife, for Christ's sake. Just, yeah, like fabric scissors. Yeah. yeah. There's lots of options. So, anyway. God, I can't believe that you're using my fabric scissors to cut dick. <laughs> it's going to blunt them. <laughs> What's the point of owning fabric scissors if not for that? Now that we've kind of gone over the synopsis, uh, we're kind of leading into the next point of this, which we'd like to go over, and we'll we'll try. Look, we we're gonna try to keep this as scripted as possible because otherwise yeah. we're just gonna dissolve into a mess, uh, and this is gonna be like a counseling session for all of us as we get out these demons. It's clearly gonna be a rough one. Oh, it absolutely is. So plot and execution. Uh, we kind of went over the synopsis and we went over the plot a little bit. But overall, as a movie, and again, before we kind of get into the uh, the meat of the argument and the implications of this movie, uh, execution, uh, thoughts on the terrible execution. And I realized just talking about that dick scene and saying execution is probably bad timing, but this is where we're at. Guillotine. Oh, choppy chop. Would have been more efficient than kitchen scissors. Mm -hmm. just yeah, putting that yeah like there. a small, like six inch tall guillotine. Like a little little. Well, blade. that's how surgeons do it, don't they? That's true. That's what... that's, that's the sex change surgery. They <laughs> invented it which, in 1789. Which once once the once the revolution happens, that's how that's how it's gonna happen. This will be the next French Revolution. It's just little guillotines in the streets for dicks. See, the the rich should be worried that we're gonna cut off their heads. Yeah, don't, just don't, not the head, not the head they think. Don't eat the rich. Decapitate their dicks. So yeah, cinematography so, yeah, wise. It's, 
this movie was just slow and boring as fuck. In the in again, strictly cinematography. We're not not going over the content. Just it was completely I mean, washed out. It was like it shot like a horror yeah. movie. I couldn't tell when I was supposed it to be. It shot like happy. a horror movie for sure. It mm-hmm. felt like you just felt dread and anxiety. Yeah. The whole movie. Like there's all these swirling like the whole movie is shot like shaky cam, sort of. There aren't any steady shots. And there are these scenes where she's dancing. Um, like these ballet scenes, there's so many of them where she's dancing and spinning around and you're always afraid that she's going to fall and fuck up because she falls and fucks up a lot um, and she's very insecure about it. And so you as the audience member are supposed to be as well. There's these scenes where, like those are really disorienting and stressful, I found. Yeah, and I think like one of the problems mm-hmm. with this in terms of, again, just overall mood of the film is that there's supposed to be these hoping, uh, like, or sorry, happy moments where I didn't feel <sighs> at all like I was happy. Like there was, there was the moments where well, people were- The main character was not convincing as happy. No, oh, and also we should mention that again, in the tropies of tropes, uh, the main character was once again played by a cis man. A cis man, yeah. who, yes. much like Eddie Redmayne, is a more convincing woman than I will ever be. So <laughs> that's a point. That's a point against this. It's, that's just out of jealousy. We don't want them to play. But yeah, no, it's there's these moments directed that... by a cis man, played by a cis man, written by a cis mm-hmm. man. Yeah, based off a story of a real life trans ballerina who like co-signed the movie and is canceled. Oh no, she's absolutely canceled. Uh, mm-hmm. But she yeah, also did not. She kicked out. She did not scissor her dick off. Like that was totally fictional. Look, I get so it's not like this is a direct parallel to her experience. I get the whole idea of because there's no marriage. drama. There's no drama in any of our lives, so we have to invent some body mutilation. No, exactly. Yeah, no, it's just like, I get artistic merit, but at the same time, too, it's just like, what is the logical conclusion we can take this to? It's like, well, maybe she could get healthy and, you know, work towards that and realize that as a person that she needs to grow. And instead, it's like, no, we're just going to take the the scissors to the dick and that's the end of the movie, folks. Yeah, so cinematography-wise, like, I mean, some of the shots were okay, but it was all washed out. It's just so boring. Yeah, just Madeline. It's just a boring movie. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like, I was so tired. Yeah, I just, I couldn't. That was the drinking that got through it. But yeah, so I mean, that's. It's just a little part to touch on, but like overall, like as a movie, this is pretty boring. So yeah, the the only reason that we're freaking out about this as much as we are is because of how awful it is. Yeah, because boring is the wrong word. It's just miserable. Like, it's complete. Like, all of the shots are desaturated. Like, none of the, like, framing is interesting. The main character never shows, like, a convincing second of joy in the entire piece. Like, the only character that I, like, felt that felt like a real person was the dad. Yeah. Daddy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was more. It was just miserable. Yeah, there was more joy in Schindler's well, List than this movie. At least Schindler's oh, List stuff happened. You <laughs> felt for the characters. Jeez. Well, let's get into this. Like regarding her character, oh, yeah. the fact that like really her body is the main character of oh, this movie. Oh no, hundred percent. That's actually a really good way of putting like, that. It's her versus her body the entire time. Like either in the gender stuff or in the dancing stuff, which isn't that core right there is an interesting juxtaposition of like compare, like comparing two separate, like a girl versus her body things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She has this thing with the dancing with her feet. Cause she like mm-hmm. binds her feet up and has band-aids all over them and wears these shoes and dances and fucks them up. Um, and her feet in this movie are a metaphor for her dick because she is constantly crushing them and destroying them to 
try to keep up with the other cis girls, and also the director is sexually fascinated by it. Yes, very oh, much yes. so. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's 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 less gore in a Tarantino movie than this thing. The, her body being the main character is exactly. It was a, it was, it was a feet joke. It was a, being sexually interested in feet joke. Yeah. For oh, I didn't even know. Oh that. yeah, no Tarantino. Yeah, Tarantino has a huge foot fetish. <coughs> no, he's super into it. Um, also, too, just the uh, can we just briefly touch on the whole con- like what eleven, twelve scenes of full frontal nudity of what is supposed to be a teenager? No, yeah. no, no, no. Is a teenager. Is the actor teenager. was born oh, in two thousand and two. Right. What? Fuck off. So this movie, yes, was a crime. Two thousand. Not in Europe. I, is it a crime? It regardless, it's fucking weird. Yeah. No, that was an act. That was an actual sixteen-year-old's dick. Oh, it's gross as shit. Yeah. Which like I think Europe does have different attitudes about it, but still like. The point is that you would never shoot a cis 16-year-old girl like this in a million no. years. In the like, way... There'd be fucking riots if you put a movie out that had that. All these lingering shots of her body, of her taking off her bra, which she does like 70 times, of her staring in the mirror looking melancholic, of her taping up her dick, of her being sad, staring in the mirror, looking at her dick. Sorry, it's kind of repetitive. No, but it, like that was the whole point. It's like... <laughs> But it, it was, is. Yeah. It was repetitive over and over again. Because that was the thing is like, we saw that and yeah. we saw it again and we saw it again. And I mean, like, even say, like, again, as much as I disagree with that, and I think one of the biggest tropes in uh, movies with trans characters is the whole full frontal shots. But ignoring that, there could have been things added to that to make it look like a progression thing. And I get the idea of the director maybe trying to relay the fact that nothing was happening to Laura's body and we were supposed to feel her frustrations at the same time. But it didn't come across that way. It just came across as oddly voyeuristic but not in a way that was very voyeuristic but not in a way that was like educational or felt like it furthered the plot it felt like we were watching somebody's really twisted fantasy yeah it's directed by a chaser one thing like oh sorry go on am i allowed to say that are we gonna get sued no it's okay we'll copyright chaser it's fine oh i'll say it he wants to fuck her i don't care like (laughs) that is what is at the core of this movie is the director wanting to have sex with a trans teenager No, absolutely. Well, because I was I was trying to think of what about this movie like because this was a film festival movie that won like awards and was like treated that, and I was trying to think what about it is appealing as like an artistic piece, and I was trying to think of it like from a sense of like oh it feels very real and it feels very like close to home. But Amy, (laughs) Amy, you can attest to this because we both just watched Eighth Grade recently. Yeah. Which is a very good example of something being un- an uncomfortably realistic, like, v- yeah. interpretation of a teenager's, like, day-to-day life. Well, to a, to like, the point of being too real that it is uncomfortable, which I think that this movie was trying to go for, but yeah, failed at. And the realness doesn't strive after any, like, genuine emotional thing. Like, she's just put on display for, like, cis audiences to gawk at. And it's mm-hmm. very clear through the cinematography that, like... That is what the director wanted out of this movie. Yeah, no, 100%. It was, again, these movies aren't made for um, queer people. They're made for our cishets to feel good about themselves and, like, look at the job we're doing. And you can kind of see that in the way that the character of Laura is portrayed as being uh, unstable, 
um, just like almost violent to other people. There's that scene where yeah. her younger brother, who's only like what five, six years old, dead names her. It's the only time in the whole movie that the dead name comes up, and she almost gets violent towards him because of it. Like I get it, dead naming is not great, but like a five, six year old, like you don't do that. And and everybody else has been like nothing but supportive. They had a fucking birthday party for her going on. Well, like, besides besides the other dancers. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's which is something I didn't mention in the summary. Yeah, there was a scene with other dancers, and we'll touch on that because we're kind of exploring her character. Yeah. But the idea is like every, almost every other cis person in this movie is supportive of her and is loving of her. Yeah, all of the conflict comes from within. It is like self-inflicted, yeah. self-mutilation, like internalized dysphoria and self-loathing. Her whole emotional arc is inwardly focused and like she is the problem. Yeah, and even with the situation in which like there is problems with the cis people it's over the top like there's that one scene where they're in the classroom and um everyone's like introducing themselves and they're saying like what they did i guess on the summer and they get to laura's character and she's like i'm laura i have a six-year-old brother like everyone else is like i went to cans and did something else and you know laura is just like you know i have a six-year-old brother and um the guy, the teacher, which is this fucking surreal moment. Like, now I think about it more and mm-hmm. more. He's like, okay, um, hey, does anybody have problems with Laura using the change room? Like, there, it's just yeah, pivots it's like, on a dime. Laura, close your eyes. All the girls, raise your hand if you have a problem with Laura using the change room. Yeah, and I mean, like, to be fair, none of the girls it's raise surreal. their hand. But, like, who asked that? Like, I see, yeah, I assume it, I assume it was supposed to be, like, confirming. Well, none of the girls that we see, I think it's implied that a few off-screen raised their hand. Yeah, but... It, like, was it? But she didn't I get I don't know, because some of them laugh kind of derisively after. Like, that's yeah, a it humiliating is scene. With no purpose. Like, there's nothing that sets up that the teacher is about to do that or, like, has a clear motivation well, to do teacher, that. Well, the teacher, like, doesn't exist as a character. <laughs> After well, that yeah. scene. What I think it was, I think it He's was... just like a bigotry MacGuffin. I think the point was to establish that the other characters know that she's... Tra- the other <coughs> classmates know that she's trans and that she's not their stealth, which they could have done in, like, an infinite amount of ways. Yeah, no, they could have yeah, done yeah, a million better ways. Yeah, no, they absolutely could have done in, like, a million better ways other than just this whole, like, shoehorned... But, like, that scene, I think, is... It illuminates what a lot of the so-called plot elements like events in this movie actually are which is just like laura gets humiliated again in some different way it's like monster of the week like this time laura has to show her dick to all of her other dancing friends yeah i was gonna say how do we how do we feel about that scene how do we feel about the scene where she gets confronted by the rest of her classmates oh we're talking about the the sleepover scene awful to watch yeah sleepover oh god yeah it was really terrible Mm. to watch i like I knew it was gonna happen as soon as that scene started up, and as as soon as it, so, oh. not because for, like for it summary, made sense to the characters, but because it had to happen. Yeah, yeah. So and for that's like summary, ninety minutes into the movie too. Like she's already been humiliated so much in very similar yeah. ways up to that oh, yeah. point. It's like no, we're just gonna go do it again. Yeah, no. There's what happens for people who aren't watching the movie because you shouldn't. Is she has this like sleepover with all of the other girls at her dance academy. And first of all, the mother of, like, the host um, makes her sleep in a different room to all the other girls. And now they're all hanging out together, like, trying on clothes. And they're like, hey, we want to see your dick um, because you get to see us naked all the time. And so we should get to see it. Don't you think that's fair? Come on, why don't you? It's no big deal. And it's really, really uncomfortable. And, like, she eventually does show them. And it's just humiliating and awful. And also, like doesn't come up again just like the thing in class doesn't come up again it's just like yeah like, 
another example of her being humiliated and miserable. Well, because we've already established, like, like you said, the classmates know, and she had there was that scene where like the one girl encourages her to take a shower with everybody else, but it was mm-hmm. unnecessary. Again, there are better like subtlety is a great technique you can use in filmmaking. Good subtlety allows for a point when when it reaches whatever point it's trying to make is that you can then look back on the rest of the movie and go, oh, I can see the points leading up to that. Mm-hmm. And what the filmmaker has done in this regard is just grabbed, instead of using a surgical scalpel, they've used a fucking hammer to just nail, it's like, oh, look, she's uncomfortable here. She's uncomfortable here. Her face looks uncomfortable here. And I get it. I get it, dude. She's not comfortable. None of us are. Watching this movie, none of us are comfortable watching this. But in a way that isn't good because it's redundant. And that's what's frustrating is like this scene could have been a really good sequence to like showcase how fucking horrible like transphobic bullying in high school is like very, very easily. That could have been what this scene expresses. And the fucking way he goes about it is just exploitative. Like there is no point to it. It's not transformative. It doesn't advance the plot at all. It establishes things that we already know. Like it just serves no purpose beyond, I guess, like, again, cis people getting to like gawk at her pain or be like "Ooh, wow isn't that awful and then nothing comes of it well except for the thing at the end that happens right after but yeah it's just like the the culmination of her being humiliated 75 times is her cutting off her dick and that's the movie which if i cut my dick off after i got humiliated 75 times that shit would have been gone years ago yeah i would have done it like (laughs) 75 times by now (laughs) yeah so like the question the question is not her not her uh the reasons that she did it it's the male gaze of it all or the cis gaze of it all yeah, yeah. no 100 percent. yeah for sure it's just like because whom among whom amongst us look we all made the joke at some <laughs> point in time that we're just like oh if i don't get surgery i'm just gonna cut it off and it's just like well okay. no i'm still making that joke yeah <laughs> That's what it feels like, though. It feels like the woman he consulted to make this movie, she made that joke at one point of like, oh, my genital dysphoria was so bad, I wanted to cut my dick off. And, and he was like, like oh. interesting factual evidence. This I will come in handy later. When I get yes. criticized from the crazy Oh, not even vibes. that. It just sounds like he took that joke seriously. Well, I think that that's what this whole film is, is that it's, it's genital dysphoria taken to an absurd dramatic hyper literal place which is like who is this for like what is the purpose of this and like what end does it serve to just take this one specific thing of transness and to show no joy and to show no progression and just to like hone in on this one abject misery and expand it into an almost two-hour movie yeah and like the thing is We've watched a lot of these movies at this point, mm-hmm. and all of the movies we've watched are older movies, and so they have like more benefit of the doubt. And yet, this is by far the most egregious. Mm-hmm. Like, it is the most unambiguously, just grotesquely gross movie yes. about well, was, the trans experience. I was gonna say because like we watched like the very first thing that we watched was the Danish girl and that is very like at least the end is also focused on this character's yeah. suffering around genitals for you but at least that one had a like relatively happy ending. It also had a plot and it, it had that- like characters <laughs> that mattered. <laughs> Things happened. It, it was like sort of pleasant to watch because it was like pretty 
But this makes the Danish girl look so good. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, uh, I miss the Danish girl. Upon, like, watching this, I look at the Danish girl, I'm like, maybe we were too hard on the Danish girl. Like, God, why didn't we watch Ace Ventura? <laughs> <laughs> Camp Sleepaway had better trans representation than this, for fuck's sake. Silence of the Lambs. Oh, God. There's so many we're going to get into at some point in time. And I think, you know what the nice thing about this movie is? I will say the one good thing about this movie is that we've now found rock bottom. Because I cannot imagine something getting... Like, look, there's bad in terms of just, like, a bad movie. Like, arguably, you know, The Assignment, which we all loved. Um, Yeah. I know it's, Amy, it's one of your favorite movies. Um, Yeah. But there's bad... At least The Assignment was fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There is... It was a wild ride. there There is some enjoyment to be taken from this. This was just mortifying. Like, I just... It was a train wreck from start to finish. Like... Yeah, you have to go out of your way to do something that bad. And it's like, so Re, you said, who is this movie for? And I think that's an incredibly interesting question. Because this movie, it's so bad, like, we hate it more than anything. Yet yeah. it was very successful. Like, it was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated Fuck for... off, an like, Oscar? Um, yeah, it was nominated for Best Foreign Film. Fuck me. Cinema is dead. Cinema is dead. <laughs> I'm looking at the Wikipedia page right now. The two longest sections are criticism, which is exactly <laughs> what we're talking about right now. We're going to add to it. accolades. And accolades and all of the fucking awards that it won. Like, the, the, t- the person this movie is for is, like, the cis white liberal who thinks, like, the Oscars are great. And watches them unironically. Yeah, and they have a monocle. And, like, thinks film festivals matter. Oh my and, God. like, yeah, no, thought Crash was a great movie. <laughs> like the same I, people I will, who I like will, this I movie. will defend. I will defend Crash. I will defend Crash to the day I die. Crash was tight. Oh God, let's not go into. <laughs> yeah, no. The only Crash that matters is Crash Another Bandicoot. Day. Oh God, you know if Crash was made nowadays, it would 100% have like a trans character out. Like, oh God, it would. Yeah, that would be just it was disgustingly shoehorned in. Yeah, and when they crash the car, their dick gets severed off in the accident. <laughs> it's fucking awful. But yeah, no, this movie is definitely. I mean, pretty much most of the movies are not made for. I mean, that was the basic thesis of this whole podcast: is like nothing is really made for us like it's not made for queer people it's made for cis people's view of it i mean i think you said it like beautifully one day i'm gonna butcher it because i can't remember the exact quote but it's just like it's for cis people to gaze into the queer world so they can look at us without humanizing us um yeah and i think in this case like it's just like it's there's nothing about this that's humanizing (laughs) at all like it's just no it reduces it so like I, i think i said about hedwig that I like that movie because her, her like dysphoria and relationship to her gender almost is not her central emotional arc at all. Whereas this movie, literally, the only emotional arc of this character is her dysphoria and is her transness. And she is like a shell of a person outside of that. She's just someone who barely says anything. She says like eight words the whole movie. And all of them are just her, like, laughing off and deflecting the onslaught of microaggressions and misery for the whole movie. Like, that's it. Yeah, she's not a person anymore. She's a series of problems. She is a diagnosis. Yeah. So, I think we've gone over quite a lot of uh, Laura's character, which is, and just the way that she's represented in the world. Uh, I would like to move on now to the director's response, which... 
Oh boy, that's uh, that's a whole other can of worms. Anybody want to take that away? The biggest strength of art is empathy, says the director, Lucas Daunt. I don't a care hack. how to pronounce An it. An absolute hack. The director Fucking... of one of like the least empathetic movies I've ever seen. <laughs> like the idea is that like this movie is designed to make the audience empathize with the plight of this one trans character, um, and sort of by extension, what character? With there trans is no character. <laughs> um, this asshole who is too much of a coward to even tweet anymore. Yeah, we've uh, um, <laughs> we've also been tweeting at him, even though he hasn't been on for like a year. We just have to get our aggression out somehow. But yes, he has responded to critics because shockingly, we aren't the first person to critique this movie. He said, because people, as we are doing, have criticized him for portraying the trans experience very as this one note thing. And he's like, his take is that the story is about the experience of one trans girl. It's a singular portrait. I know from talking to many individuals that there is a spectrum of trans experiences, just like there's a spectrum of human experiences. With this film, we only wanted to tell one experience. Nora's experience. Nora being the girl that the movie is based off who did not scissor her dick off. Look, there's artistic merit and then there's like, scissor me timbers. Look. Oh god, I'm getting too mad. I don't get this mad. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Because I mean, like, I think one of the things that the, you know, if we're, the director's response, the director just responded to this horribly, like, by just, like, shoving off the criticism. But, like, this movie mixes up gender dysphoria and self-harm. This movie is just, like, yo, it's less about dysphoria, more about, like, a character just hurting themselves repeatedly yeah um there's a quote i got here from matthew rodriguez of uh, into magazine who says uh the film is bloody and obsessed with trans body in a way that reminds us that a cisgender person wrote and directed it it's trans trauma porn and as a cisgender mm-hmm. person i'm warning trans people not to watch it and cis people not to fall for it i think that is a pretty good summary like it's yeah it's just it's there's they had some parts right in terms of like i liked the way in which they said like um uh like they they showed a teenage transition which is like okay they're just on blockers like that's that was very you know that was they did some research there and that was very valid but like the director just doesn't seem to care like everything i'm reading is basically him shrugging off as just like it's no it's yeah he basically directed his own porn yeah he did um, and he responds to criticism the same way that chasers do. <laughs> um, excuse me, I actually just wanted to like, like I, you should actually be grateful that I'm appreciating your body and your experience. Um, and like, I think that you critiquing me for appreciating it is almost a form of oppression. And like, we should be like um, bringing people in, not pushing them out. This is a. Uh... This is the greatest pickup lines on OKCupid. Okay just uh, fucking, I get that in my inbox. I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm absolutely about this. Um, yeah, it's look like uh, anybody, any cis person who makes a queer or any cis hat person who makes a uh, film about uh, queer culture in any regards is going to get criticism. But like this man took something to an irrational conclusion. Well, yeah. And I think that it's telling that we have this podcast where we do, like, we've talked about a lot of movies directed by cis people, written by cis people, and played by cis people. And we haven't responded to them as viscerally as this one, because that isn't the only issue here. No, it's... And he almost deflects it as though it is, because that's kind of the easiest thing for cis writers to sort of brush away. Yeah. Whereas the problem here is, like, the core of the movie is cursed. 
you know, it's just a dreadful, broken project and was doomed from the get-go to be like a catastrophe. Yeah, this entire this entire movie was a cursed image. And I mean, it's it's, you know, kind of if I'm going to go on a limb here, too, like you can tell the director of this was male uh, from I mean, not only just the fact that we've looked it up and we know this, but just the way that the shots are done as well, because the fixation is on the body. And so it's almost like, again, it's it's the male gaze in this regards where it's just like, oh, it's the body. The body's not feminine enough. You can't like your body if it's not feminine enough. When it's so much more than it's that. It's like if you were taking like a feminism 101 class and you were trying to learn about the male gaze, this would be like an example that they would show you as like an incredibly easy to pick up on the fact that this is just fetishistic. And that is maybe like, like the one beneficial aspect of this movie is it's like a fucking it's, checklist of how not to like make a movie about trans people. It's yeah, so it, overt and direct. It sets the bar. Yeah. No, it really does. I just had to stop to fucking post a half of one star review on <laughs> Rod Tomatoes. <laughs> You're really speaking truth to power there, Ray. Yeah, if we could uh <laughs> if we can get our entire uh dozen listeners to uh, go on to Rotten Tomatoes and uh, downvote this, or just one star this, please. The fact- Apparently, the last time I posted anything on Rotten Tomatoes was I gave a three and a half star review to National Lampoon's Electric Apricot and <laughs> one and a half stars to Pig Hunt in 2008, which is a, a great Fangoria horror movie. So, congratulations, girl. You brought me back to a website I haven't touched in. All over a decade. <laughs> Look what you made us do. That's the legacy <laughs> of this movie. Oh my god. It's just like, this is... As a horror oh, movie fan, god. like, I've watched so much. And, uh, like, coming back to Amy's point earlier, like, being jaded. Like, I didn't think there was anything left that I could feel this strongly and visceral about. But here we are. And the director... honestly... Okay. Like, it feels like a parody. Yeah. Um, because, like... It's like they read like a Medium article criticizing another movie and were like, let's just like use this as a checklist for how to make the next one. And like the title is funny because like all like books or movies that are like cis gazy trans movies or trans media are like a fantastic woman or like becoming the woman or whatever. Um, The Danish girl. But this one just takes it to the like total extreme of just girl. I mean, you saw that you saw that book that I just started yeah. that I got as a gift. That's like apparently about some girls that are like a girl that like was important in like the state of Maine for their like accepting transgender people legally. But it's just called Becoming Nicole, and oh, which is the same. Like I don't know if anybody's ever like how if anybody like spent a lot of time on Tumblr, but I distinctly remember <laughs> that all trans <laughs> blogs were always like. Yeah, becoming Jessica, oh, or you know, like oh, the, the yeah. Jessica like yeah. themselves Jessica's as a character. Or... It's yeah. like a Susan's Place username. My exactly. My, like, really my first Twitter account was eventually Madeline, and it was just like it was terrible. <laughs> this actually, in terms of just awards oh, too, sweetie. it's like it won Best Actor and Best and an Audience Award. At, there was no acting. I know at the Lisbon Gay and Lesbian Film Festival. That was an entire festival oh, for other queer movies. Por- and this Portugal, stood up. you're letting us down. Oh my god. 
And at the Magritte Awards, it won Best Flemish Film, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Screenplay. I fucking just... No, like... In fairness, were there other Flemish films this year? <laughs> there was... The only one. There was uh, Tulips. Um, uh, the... <laughs> Also sounds like a hack trans girl movie. Oh my god! <laughs> you're, you're thinking of um, uh, the Netherlands. Netherlands is the tulip one. Well, then what is what is what are the what is Belgium? No, have? Flemish is Fle- Flemish is half of Belgium. Okay, so. it's the shitty half now, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, fucking just the director's response. I'm just to this. get canceled by half of Belgium. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you're happy. <laughs> Can't we just get someone to no? Oh. Flanders is canceled. Oh my god. Yeah, at the Zurich Film Festival, it won uh, Best LGBTQI-Themed Film. Oh, my God. I want to die. <laughs> this, move, this movie has completely cauterized all of my emotional receptors. I don't, yeah. After this, I will... <laughs> my, brain, my brain is a completely smooth marble after watching this film. Oh, fuck. I think going through that, we answered the question of who this is for, yeah. though. Like, it's for cis film festival attendees and yeah. shitty allies. Yeah, no, and just yeah. shitty, shitty But it's shitty like, it's like allies. non-involved allies. It's like allies who, like, I know trans yes. people exist, and also I make, you know, seven-figure paychecks, so I will... No, this movie is for the people who tell me that I'm brave. <laughs> <laughs> but we tell you you're brave because you rock a center part, so that's the, you know... That's the real bravery. Yeah, but that's yeah, that's, that's the kind of that's the kind of compliment I want. Oh, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> that said, this the main character does serve some good hairstyles. Yeah, no, she does. I'm not brave for cutting my dick off with scissors. That just like was inevitable. <laughs> well, then you're a coward. Just remember, I sit a bit longer next time. Um, so obviously the director is. Let's talk about daddy. Yes, let's 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 move <laughs> on to the 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 eye candy of this film. Um, for those of us who this man is eye candy for. Um. Daddy or the dad, uh, specifically in this film, father, the father, <laughs> the father. It's like a like a more chiseled Belgian walking phoenix. Yeah, no, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, no, he can uh, he can help me transition any day. But uh, besides the point, uh, so I have mixed feelings about him because on one hand, he was incredibly supportive to like an almost saint like degree, and then on the other hand, that felt like an unrealistic portrayal of a parent in that situation. He was so perfect. Like he was the shining star of what a parent should be if they have a trans kid. You know, he was like always her champion, always showing up for appointments and like never ever did anything to suggest to her that she was anything but a girl, like supported her in her dance career, even though he saw it fucking with her because he knew that it was important to her. He was just a good old boy. Yeah, he was more on top of her shit than she was. Yeah, because he was also the yeah. one who was, like, chastising her for using, like, fucking, like, what? Like, for like taping. duct tape. Yeah, for, like, duct tape yeah, on for... her genitals. Which, again, for yeah, any I, of us who... Which, fucking... about that, I put in the notes, like, did we not retire the tape tuck, like, ten years ago? Is that yeah. really still a thing? They, ha- they have a line about how he, like, bought her special underwear, like, professional gaffs, and they just weren't a good enough tuck for her. Um, and so she has to tape and like rip her pubes out every day yeah and i mean like there there is a like there's proper ways to tuck that don't involve like how fucking like this sh- whatever that was bitch is on also she puts like 10 layers of not... duct tape yeah like on the thing it's so much more cumbersome than if she had just like yeah held a moderate tuck oh. the whole time yeah they literally said like hey we got fucking special uh, tucking underwear for you and like i get that like the whole point of this is just to 
take genital dysphoria to its most uncomfortable degree and just spread that across an entire like almost two hour movie but the whole uh, tape tucking thing is that like the problem with I think a lot of this movie is uh, focus on genital dysphoria is that it's all stuff that most trans people do at least think about or have to struggle with a little bit like this idea of like self-destructive like either tucking or eating disorders or all these things like this but it just takes it to such an extreme degree and And eradicates yeah it eradicates all trace of character or all trace of personality or all trace of joy and just focuses on these unhealthy manifestations of dysphoria yeah yeah and it's like she is not coping with her shit no you know like and the, to the point where she is literally unraveling yeah and the dad and it's and the dad's the one that's coping with it well like i mean it's there's some really awkward conversations in which the dad was like encouraging her to go was a date or sleep with other people they're trying to figure out like that whole thing in the car oh yeah, yeah that's another thing on the bad representation bingo sheet this movie does which is like obsess over like this like weird will she won't she of what her orientation is oh yeah oh yeah like is she straight does she like boys or girls it doesn't matter they barely touch on it well i like that it doesn't matter to her like the way she responds to all this interrogation is like actually kind of appropriate but it just does it so much yeah i mean she does like go and explore a little with the boy next door yeah which is the which like good good on her she did the classic maneuver of keeping her pants on and sucking his dick (laughs) Which, who amongst us? Yeah, I know, right? Who amongst? <laughs> <laughs> like frequently. Yeah, that's. But it doesn't. It does not. It's it, the power move. It doesn't speak to her character brought more broadly, and it doesn't like inform her experience in any way that really matters in this movie. I yeah. don't think. Well, and it's never resolved. Like we don't really. Yeah, nothing comes of it. The only payoff is like, yeah, that one scene where it's like, okay, I guess well, that wasn't it's like established a... that dudes are. Well, on like the she table. sucks him off, and like then a he nice scene. Yeah, like she sucks him off, and then like what? Like he jerks it for the end. It was the weirdest thing. Yeah, he he like finishes himself, and then she just leaves. Yeah, and then he's never seen again, and she Which, never. Like, again, was the implication is that he couldn't finish because she's trans, or that like it was... the sight of him finishing made her so dysphoric she had to. It was very leave? unclear. Like, yeah. what, what the fuck was happening in that? It was, scene? it was unclear whether he knew she was trans. It was unclear what exactly happens. It was unclear why she left. Yeah, it was and never explained. It was just a weird scene that just was out of place. Again, it's like this movie like, has a hard time deciphering its own intention. Gotta have a totally. little bit of sex in there. Well, coming back to the father for a second, just uh, before we get too off track, he was what's like the cishet savior complex, and like what we see in a lot of these, um, yeah, um, uh, especially trans movies, where he he is beyond sainthood like he i I think back to the Mm. danish girl like the wife uh where she was incredibly supportive of eddie redmond's character to a point of almost fault um yeah but like at least she went through struggles and in that i kind of felt for her because it was like she was presented as a human whereas his dad was just like was jesus christ himself he's the self-insert for like the late 30s white cis liberals who this movie is for for them to imagine how good parents they would be if their kid came out as trans yeah oh exactly and you know if their parents their kids came out as trans though they would just that is his function yeah no 100 percent um so great eye candy but ultimately just it's 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 the savior complex trope 
that is just again especially juxtaposition with uh laura's character where she is completely unstable and unhinged and just at a moment's notice will turn on something versus the dad who's just calm cool collected was like honey we'll work through this like there's a scene where he's like don't tape like it's not good for you 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 we bought you the special under if it's not working we can figure something else out together like he's trying mm-hmm. and i get the idea of like teenage teenagers pulling away from their parents but that is a ridiculous level and it's frustrating because there are things that could have been interesting about their relationship like it's never explained why the mom isn't there and she's sort of like raising her little oh, brother yeah. as a mother and then there's this yeah. tension with him bringing in new girlfriends and like all of that would have been really interesting stuff to explore and this movie just totally discards it in favor of like another tuck shot yeah, i think that's the thing about this movie is that there's so many threads that are just left hanging yeah like you would have to do very little work to make this movie good the girl who he brings over what's her name christine we see her once and that's it and like just over and over things happen in this movie and then are forgotten yeah this movie breaks Chekhov's gun like 50 times Um, the only consistent thing is the foreshadowing of her cutting her dick off starting with her self-piercing her ears in like ending with her cutting a cucumber at a dinner party yeah well there's moments before that there's also an earlier part that because I knew what was coming and there's an earlier part where like the her dance teacher is talking about how you know it's like oh you're you know, yeah, big man feet. Oh, what are you going to do? Cut a bunch of your feet off? And I'm I like, I know that. what that means. Mm-hmm. Thanks, well, movie. Well, because like for... I said, the, the feet are analogous to the dick. Yeah, you know. Because the director has a foot fetish. And Which, ag- again, fetish. like the whole, like, I think that this core idea of like, you know, body dysphoria compared to like the very like, like the more utilitarian issue of having big man feet while trying to dance God. is an interesting juxtaposition <laughs> to be explored. Yeah, totally. Actually, yeah, I didn't even think of it that way. Mm-hmm. It's funny you brought up eighth grade earlier because I feel like if you had done a little more work on this movie and some rewrites, you could have had like eighth grade starring a trans girl, but instead yeah. we got fucking this. Would, well, they would have had to have done a happy ending, I, which have been just too much for anybody what are you talking about this yeah we don't this get ending those. was perfectly happy where she's just walking down the fucking hallway yeah, smiling actually let's get into that yeah, yeah no, let's talk she's, about that. The she is in in the end okay so she after she like cuts her dick off with a pair of scissors and then she goes to the hospital and connects with her dad and then the very last shot is her just walking through the subway but her emotional state is completely consistent with her emotional state through the rest of this film. I got absolutely no reason to assume that yeah. her life improved at all as a result of her actions. Well, and like I felt the opposite. It seemed like they were trying to insinuate that it did that like oh she fixed her genital dysphoria. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. It's yeah. She, she took direct action and solved the problem. Yeah, it's like self-empowerment. Like, it's just like, yeah, you go girl, you cut that dick off. It's like, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how any of this works. It's extremely unclear um, what exactly they were going for with that ending. Like, is this a triumphant moment? Is this a tragedy? Like, what the fuck? Also, what exactly is being communicated between her and her dad in that hospital bed scene? Like, they just look at each other and happy cry, but because they haven't laid any of the groundwork to their relationship, or at least her side of the relationship before then, it's like, there's no justification. Like, the movie wants that to be cathartic, but it hasn't, like, set up any tension previously that would make it that it's just confusing and disorienting yeah and i mean like it's just like like what is he happy he's like good job honey you diy'd your surgery like it's it's (laughs) like 
like it's, it's, this is not how this works for anybody listening to this who has no idea how the surgery is like you invert the penis it's brought up in the movie which they literally say in the movie yeah. they describe in excruciating detail which is just um how the surgery works they use the phrase rectovaginal fistula <laughs> which i'm sorry i don't care about accuracy no movie should ever <laughs> use the phrase rectovaginal fistula no. that consult scene seemed like it was trying to make surgery out to be like the scariest thing possible well, oh, why did she get an validated MRI? every yeah. cis normative assumption oh, yeah. about grs she got a fucking mri for some reason she like went goes in every like month for like an appointment where she strips naked and they like do all sorts of tests and run her through the mris to make sure she's not dying i'm surprised they didn't like, try to crazy. i think the mri had to do with bone density because she's on blockers and she's a dancer oh, maybe but that doesn't excuse the fucking like enormous amount of pathologization she is subjected yeah, totally. to throughout the I'm surprised scenes. they didn't actually uh, bring phrenology into the whole equation here and measure her fucking skull but um <laughs> measure trans women's skulls <laughs> yeah like at the sleepover all the other girls like sit her down and bring out some um calipers <laughs> some calipers <laughs> and like oh we're gonna clock ya <laughs> Hello, I'm Stefan Molyneux. Let's talk about trans representation. Oh my god. Uh, they all sit in a circle and Lady Foppington comes <laughs> out. <laughs> Holy fuck. Oh god. Oh, I wish. Yeah, no, this um uh this this movie is just a whole nother level of this shit. I uh I think I think Okay, where do we go? I, I think one of the things that like it just like would it kill sorry just like looking back on like most of the trans movies we've seen especially the serious ones would it kill somebody to make a fucking joke in this movie like it just in any movie just some levity it's totally humorless no totally like it's it's devoid of humor it's devoid of optimism it's devoid of life yeah no devoid of joy 100 like percent. she's never happy nothing good happens to her in this movie except occasionally like a cis person will validate her yeah like by gendering her correctly or like saying that she was almost as good at da- dancing as the cis girls and she will have this like brief sort of wash over a slight expression and then return to her like melancholic um, lack of any emotion for the rest of the movie. Something else I saw pointed out in the criticism of this movie is that like she's the only trans character in it. Like she's a trans teenager who is out and like doesn't interact with anyone like her, doesn't go to any support groups. Yeah, where are yeah. Like yeah. Oh yeah, no, totally. Because I mean, like, there's there's a, there's a way you can build a movie in which like that is situation you can work, you can and you can focus on the isolational aspect of that. But like, she's in the fucking system. She's seeing people for her dysphoria. There, there absolutely is a support group she should have been a part of. Yeah, but if they had to write a support group scene, then they would have had to imbue her with relationships and attributes. Yeah, and we're, we're not, not going to do that for <laughs> no. a trans. Well, it, it honestly would have been really bad because they would have had the scene once, and it would have been awkward. And then none of those characters would ever be brought up again. Yeah, she, she, she would have delivered exactly like two lines awkwardly, and then just nothing else. She has to subscribe to the Mario school of filmmaking, which is completely two-dimensional. Just like her boobs, she kept staring at every single. Like, what do we need to do that a hundred times? She was so frustrated that she didn't have boobs that, like, the camera just had to fixate on her boobs. Oh, also, when she was dancing, the camera would like go down to her junk to show how good she was tucking. Which she wasn't, for the record. <laughs> but. Well, yeah, she was using all that tape and totally destroying her junk, and it was not like, I tuck better than that, and like I do not rip my shit up. Oh. Despite all her rage, she's still just a dick in a gap. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, God bless. Now, the last part, uh, before we get into kind of final verdicts on this that I would like to kind of go over is a part that I kind of thought while watching this movie, like this movie is a self-harm. It's torture porn in a sense. Uh, I would even like, it's Saw. The Saw franchise comes to mind when I think of this. Mm Mm-hmm. It's there a is movie. movie. Yeah, exactly. There is bad representation. And, you know, the, the tagline of this this show is uh, how I learned to stop worrying love bad representation or just because it's good doesn't mean it isn't bad. And we, we have fun with it. You know, obviously, movies like The Assignment or The Danish Girl, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. they can be bad or good. But, like, you know, they're, they're harmless at the end of the day. Like, the worst I've seen up to this point and even before this podcast. Perhaps not harmless, but not yeah, I, disastrous. not disastrous. Like it's, it, it does minimal they, damage. You can watch them, and it's okay. Yeah, it's minimal damage. It's like I guess it's not great, but you know it's not bad. I would like to yeah. like explore the idea that this is probably the first movie I've seen for trans representation that's dangerous, because it's like you said, it takes things to like a larger life um, place, and which is fine for filmmaking. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can do exaggeration and it makes for good cinematography and good storytelling, but they've whittled her down to a series of problems rather than a person. They've painted everybody in her world as her better, and they've just completely gutted any humanity from her that if someone were to see this, a cis yeah. person or even a trans person who's like starting to come out, especially young I, and I'm worried, like I'm genuinely yeah. worried about the babbies, the, you know, the the, the, the preteens or the, the teenagers, the little baby ones who are just like, oh, I this the Zoomers, <laughs> gosh darn little guys, um, they'll see this and they'll think this is what it is and that's terrible Yeah. well like I'm just thinking about like a cis person who sees this and their kid comes out as trans and they're like fuck because this movie essentially says you can be the greatest parent of all time and you can show up for your kid 100 percent of the time and be perfect and your kid will remain emotionally distant from you and never tell you what's wrong and cut off her dick and there's just nothing you can do about that and that's sort of the takeaway um, well can you imagine can you imagine watching this with a friend and then watching it and then them being like turning to me like is it really like that oh god and you would be like and here's the thing you would have to both say no and then explain like the like like it's 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 interesting to think about how this is both sort of accurate at the same time as being completely inaccurate you know what yeah, i mean i mean like it certainly does portray dysphoria mm-hmm. like uh, all of these like most of these situations are an exaggerated portrayal of what it's like yeah because we've all because in some sense because i think for for those of us who have a genital dysphoria like i've i like i know for myself before i got surgery i stared in the mirror and i talked to him like oh i wonder what that would look like and so like we've done that and that's fine but like they've removed all the humanity from her and just it's it's demoralizing and like you said like you know if someone sees this and they're in a vulnerable place it's not it's not gonna do well Mm -hmm. like maybe like all of the horrible things that she's done to herself have like I feel like a lot of people can say like oh this may have like flashed across my mind in a moment of like extreme discomfort but like even if I saw something that I'm like yeah maybe I've like maybe that has like crossed my mind before I still felt completely unrelated to it even the things that I know that I have seen in myself in this film felt completely alien to me mm-hmm. based on the way so, that they handled it. They're, they're turned up to 11. Exactly. And, and 
disturbing way. Yeah, no, uh, and it's distorted in a way that it takes like these kernels of things that are true-ish and then just completely misinterprets them or like yeah. willfully misuses them in order to convey like a message that is appealing to cis audiences, I guess. Yeah, and, yeah, and exactly. And it all leads to the final conclusion, which again, we come back to this point, which is her cutting her dick off, which again, I get general dysphoria. I get the fact of not liking it, but like, it doesn't really happen. Yes, there have been cases where people have done self-mutilation, but like that should not... It didn't, literally did not happen with the girl this movie is based off Exactly. Of. It was invented because it just wasn't dramatic enough. And it, like you needed that and I wanna, conclusion. Cause... And it happened despite all of the support around her as well. And so, you know, yeah. I, I think Amy or Ree, which whatever one brought up the fact that like you could be the best parent in the world and nothing yeah, exactly. will happen. And like, and you could have the best care in the world, and you could have the best system, and it should still do this. And that's—I don't know what that message is supposed to be, other than just we're unhinged. Like that—that's the only message I can get away from that. And I want to call that woman out for also co-signing this ending in some of the interviews. Like she was defending it and saying, she's "Like, oh well, like that's like an accurate portrayal of, I guess, like the psychological despair of genital dysphoria it was something to the effect it's of what she metaphor. said." And it's like, yeah, oh really said it's a metaphor. And the fact that I don't know like how far up your own ass you have to be to not see how like a clueless cis person watching this movie is going to misinterpret that. Yeah, and that's what really really scares me about this movie is that it. Like, it looks like a movie that is good representation. A clueless cis person would watch this and be like, oh, mm -hmm. yeah, like, this movie looks good. I mean, it has that, like, dry, <laughs> saturated, sort of, like, twee European tone to it. Oh, but I it, hate it that. feels well. <laughs> I mean, personal yeah, taste aside. Yeah, it has the aside, aesthetic. Like, yeah. It has the aesthetic of good representation. Yeah. It's... Exactly. And then injects these fucking horrible misrepresentations and willful misinterpretations into it and so it's almost it's insidious. like yeah it really is it's like trying to get cis people to fucking believe that this is how it is and it's working i was looking up some of the reviews for this thing and it was just like a user review of a person who was like wow i didn't really know anything about trans people oh, before seeing fuck. this but and i quote she said this was like watching a documentary what an amazing story and so on yeah. and blah 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 but it's like oh fuck people are really gonna take this at face value and not realize how like what a deeply corrupted version of this kind of story this is because it presents itself yeah. as the opposite and that is a really fucking dangerous new paradigm for a movie to yeah, occupy because yeah because m most bad representation is pretty egregious and people with good intentions can tell whereas this like we fucking hate it but it's like clueless cis ally watches it and they're just like huh you know i hadn't quite empathized with that experience as much but i really kind of realized how hard it is now and yeah, walks away yeah. with this just deranged picture of what trans people are yeah. yeah they're not realizing the extent to which it's validating mm -hmm. all of their harmful assumptions about trans people Mm -hmm. yeah and i mean like it's it's basically uh. like almost like a snuff film almost where it's just like this this movie is harmful i'm sorry like i, I my verdict on it in terms of like and i'll get to it in a bit more but like this movie's harmful like it's just yeah. and, the, and the wrong people are seeing this and the wrong people are aligning with it and it's just yeah no i don't this is this is what happens when this and you know on a, like we like to make a lot of jokes here and stuff like that. My personal opinion on this is like this is one of the dangers of what happens when you let someone who isn't part of 
a minoritalist group that is trying to represent them, this is one of the dangers that can happen because they don't understand the complexities of it. Yes, there's body dysphoria, but to mm-hmm. understand the nuances and to present those on film uh, with not only someone who I don't know if, how skilled they are as a film director, I don't know their other stuff, but that that they do this, it, it like I said, it's dangerous. And this is why we complain about this stuff. I mean, the main actor was cis. Uh, and this is why we say we need people in those positions who are, you know, the minorities that they are portraying to direct it. Uh, so that way it can give not only just a fair shake of everything and, you know, get those people into positions that were originally uh, inhabited by cishet white people. Uh, but they're also yeah. so that way a accurate story can be told. Yeah. Like it's not just some sort of aesthetic quest for wokeness points to have trans writers and trans actors and trans directors. It's not just to like get your PC bonus. It's literally so that you don't make abominations like this. Like that is like, this is a cautionary tale for why you need to be a little bit fucking thoughtful when you are writing a movie about someone you don't fully understand. And also consult more than one trans person in the (laughs) process. Like that feels so weird to me. Consult one that you're not paying lots of money to. And giving like a platform and because i think about like because so like a lot of criticisms of like trans representation from not us is just the whole oh we're being used as a you know a dramatic thing to like you know as a dramatic inciting incident instead of Mm -hmm. a person which usually i brush off as like a little tet like typically being a little bit over dramatic or overblown but this is a hundred percent like literally just I want to make a dramatic art piece that shocks people. Trans mm-hmm. people are dramatic and shocking. And I'm going to blow that up to its like most ridiculous thing. And again, like I just can't help compare this to the Danish girl in my head. And it just makes that movie look so good in comparison, even yeah. though that movie was doing the exact same bullshit. Honestly, this is just like woke, liberal, European Glenner Glenda. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you girl for making danish girl look good fuck you okay also I, I i described this movie to a friend and he was like what's that other movie what's that other like weird european art movie that had genital mutilation and it was antichrist by lars von trier oh my god which is a which is a, our, in, our which favorite. is a much more palatable movie in comparison yeah this movie feels like uh someone went what if saw but no emotions and with trans people it's like okay i would mm-hmm. love i would love a queer saw movie oh that'd be so good compared to this yeah, actually would be would fun. that be great it's just like it's like it's like i want to play a game and it's just it's different stereotypes and it's just a bunch of people just sitting there going just like why are you doing this you're just set right you know you're homophobic and just, i'm not yeah if if jigsaw was like you have to you have to cut off your dick with a pair of scissors otherwise da 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 like that's a movie that's a movie I would enjoy yeah I want to play the a final game. puzzle is sitting through a dinner with your conservative family yeah. members yeah. I want to play no, it's nobody like, gets out you want to play a game and the game is like streaming Overwatch in your striped socks I literally I literally just finished reading a book about like using like Marxist analogy of horror movies and talked about how saw is a very good example of like i know you were texting me about it okay though think about like saw is all putting middle class people into situations whereas torture versions of like 
the worst possible things that could happen in industrial like working environments where it's like they're racing against a clock to not get mangled by like industrial equipment and it's all middle class people oh that's dope yeah I'm so now that. like so ba- basically this movie's bad and all seven saw movies are better than it <laughs> even the worst ones <laughs> No, so our next episode is going to be a Marxist analysis of Girl. Oh my god. Well, because it was in my head. Like, there's no, like, this is just, like, fucking middle class people who have literally all of the, like, all avenues in front of them, all resources in front of them. This girl has, like, literally the best possible avenue to success as a trans person, and she still cuts her dick off with scissors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, and the, what about the rest of us? Like, what does that yeah, say about the rest like, of us? Oh, exactly. One of the most privileged trans women that you can be. A, a cis mm-hmm. woman who looks like a better, like, who is a more convincing, a cis man who is a more convincing cis woman than most trans women that I've ever met is supposed to, and I'm supposed to be convinced that this person, like, despite all of the resources in front of them, is going to cut their dick off with scissors. Like, like we don't have enough. We don't so ha- bitter that he's pretty. Okay, now that wasn't fair. That wasn't fair. Everybody experiences dysphoria in their own unique special way, and that is not fair, but... No, still Eddie Redmayne's character was really cute in Danish Girl, and I really liked the aesthetic of that. Eddie Redmayne will have, has better cheekbones than I will ever have. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm bitter about that, too. We're coming from a place of anger. This this really is like the Righteous Theory episode of Trying to Fest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've never gotten so, so like up on our soapbox quite this high. No. Next episode, let's do a fun one. Yeah, no. We're, yeah, we're going to find something please. fun to do because I, I need to come down from this. And with that, it finally brings us to the end of our episode. Thank fucking Christ. Uh, where we weigh in on what is going to be the obvious answered question uh, this time, which is, is this good representation? I'm going to open up the... Uh, Discord to anybody who wants to take a wing at, or a, a whack at that pinata first. Well, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of me cutting off my own dick. I thought that this was a sensitive, sympathetic, well directed, well written portrayal of an experience can't. that is very close to home. I just and I'm really glad to see that going around the festival circuit. I don't, oh, fuck. 10 out of 10. All right. Me? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think that there is something to this movie in the sense of distilling the abject misery of dysphoria into a single consumable product. I think yeah. that there there may be a modicum of value to that but i think the rest of our discussions speak for themselves yeah 10 out of 10 would recommend no fair enough uh lily (laughs) yeah no this is this is awful representation it's like some of the worst representation i've ever seen because it's as we've said it's bad in a way that tricks cis people into thinking it's good and that is terrifying (laughs) it's Uh, insidious yeah it's insidious it's like actively harmful and to the point where it's almost like like you really need to encourage people not to watch this because this is going to show up in people's recommended lists and in their banners yeah and like, it's on Netflix. people will yeah. watch this movie and the fucking the things this movie presents will inform how they interact and perceive trans people in the future and the idea of someone taking like this shit as the model for how to like 
treat or understand me or people like me is like real scary i don't like it one bit uh yeah god sorry i suggested no, this no it, it was no, good i'm glad you did yeah, no. i didn't know that it had gone out because i knew netflix had delayed the release because they needed a couple months to write their trigger warning <laughs> um yeah, their so, one page trigger warning yeah. i hadn't realized that it had come up yet yeah no and, i didn't realize either actually, i was just browsing netflix and like found it and was like oh Oh shit! Because we were going to do something else originally, yeah. and I was like, "Nope, nope, we got to do it. No, we got to." No. Fun fact: yeah. um, This movie is part of why we started this show. Oh, hundred percent. Because we oh, really it was, wanted wasn't to do it. it. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. We really wanted to do this movie. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't out in English yet, and so it we took this long. Held off. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's in terms of like my verdict, it's pretty much like Lily took the words out of my mouth. It's just, it's a fucking dangerous movie. People are going to see this and think it's a good idea. On a cinematography level, it's terrible. On a narrative storyline, it's terrible. It hits the trope of, like, the cishet martyrs um, and the unstable trans. Um, It's devoid of any life, any humor. I, like, look, there's movies that I say don't watch, but, like, honestly, if you get high or drop acid and you watch it, it can be kind of funny. Um, But this is just... I think you should drop acid and watch this. I will absolutely not. I... (laughs) I think that sounds like a look, great look, time. Acid and Book of Life by Guillermo del Toro, that is a great combination. This, absolutely not. And yeah, if any of you uh, have made it to the end of the episode and finding yourself, hey, I'm, I'm kind of curious of watching this, just honestly don't. Like, I, I, it's not worth it. I almost it's not genuinely fun. not worth it. I almost want to find a way to like organize to get this taken down because this movie should not exist. It really shouldn't. Yeah, it's it's not even satisfyingly bad it's like just an exhausting and miserable experience and especially if you're trans this thing is triggering as fuck on like 20 different levels like it was really if you're predisposed to that those kind of reactions like you actually genuinely need to stay away from this thing because it'll fuck with your head in a real bad way yeah i'm gonna go take up like the fact the fact that it won so many awards means that like yeah the like film as an art has been so like systematized and commodified that like you could just like slap a certain filter on something and put a shocking like subject in front of people and they can be convinced that it's good art but this was this was it's it's bad on absolutely every single level yeah no i i can't find any redeeming qualities to this other than uh like i said earlier We've now found rock bottom. I, I cannot, in my imagination, come up with something worse than this. Be- well, Again, like, I don't like, want to imagine something worse than this. It's, it's <laughs> like, if you're like, hey, you want to experience the complete abject rock bottom misery of dysphoria. Okay, take look at the vial labeled girl and take a couple drops out of that. And then you'll get an idea out of it. But there has to be like a, like, a redeemable version of that exact experience out there because this can't be it no there has to be there yeah this is just yeah i want to die okay let's just end the episode yeah no fuck yeah no (laughs) anyways thanks again all for joining us uh for this week's episode of tranifesto um again we will try to find something fucking uh light-hearted for next week uh again we'd like to give a big thanks out to our um guest tonight uh lily um Oh, yeah, Lily, you. is there anything you, yeah. is there anything you want to plug on the show before we uh, start doing our goodbyes? Ooh, um, okay. I'm at underscore Earthrise on Twitter. Um, 
God, by the time this comes out, I'm probably going to be living in Toronto. So follow me on Instagram. I um, almost want to put this out early just to get ahead of, because this movie just came out on Netflix. I almost want to get ahead of it. Yeah, you, That's no, a good I, point. Okay, maybe not. But I will be in Toronto soon. So like, uh, I'll be putting shows up on like my Instagram story or whatever. So follow me at L-I-L-Y-K-M-A-K-O-W-S-K-I there. If you live in that area, you can come see me do probably mediocre comedy sometime. Oh, dope. I will take a plane to come see you. I'll be in Montreal probably around that time. Yeah, I was listening to the last episode and I was like, oh shit, you're moving at like the exact same time as me. That is really oh, dope. funny. Same days. So yeah, no, perfect. Uh, thank you again. Uh, the eastward migration. It's going to happen. Of the trans population. It's in the estrogen. It's inevitable. It's in the estrogen. It makes us do it. Toronto or Montreal, the two genders. <laughs> you pick one. Art hoes go to Montreal. Normies go to Toronto. It's, That's how it works. It's how it be. Um, so, and we all we all die in Halifax. It's just yeah, it's just yes, it's the circle of life. It's the circle of life. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, Madeline Hops. You can find me at uh, on Twitter at rabbit underscore is dead. Uh, again, I'm going to be trying to work on filming some short films coming up. Uh, so I'll be posting that and shamelessly plugging as time goes on. Um, uh, I'm, oh. oh no, you go. I don't care. <laughs> you go. I'm Riri Carter. R H I R H I Carter. The world is dying, and so am I. <laughs> That's about where I'm at, too. It's your new Twitter handle. I'm Amy, at Lavender Ashtray. Perfect. And uh, thanks again all for joining us. Remember, just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not good, except in this case. In this case. No, this is, there's no <laughs> asterisk at the end of this fucking disclaimer. Thanks again all. Again, thanks again to Lily. And we will see you all uh, next week or in two weeks from now. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.